Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Mining community, welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Rafi Jabrian, who's the VP, Commercial Sales and Business Development uh, Manager at Exxon Technologies, who are pioneering autonomous aerial robotic systems for complex GPS-denied environments within the mining industry. Um, Rafi's background is in supply chains and has worked for many years for Dundee Precious Metals um, before moving to Exxon uh, into uh, a business and commercial sales role, um, overseeing the expansion of the business internationally uh, within the mining sector. Um, he's here today to tell us a little bit more about the company and what they do and how they are ha- actually helping mining companies in today's environment. So that's welcome, Rafi, to the podcast. How are you doing, Rafi? Fantastic. Thank you, Rob, for having me. No worries. Appreciate your time as well. Um, yeah, so I just wanted you to just tell us a little bit about your your background and your uh, your career, so our audience knows a little bit about about yourself. Sure, thank you. Um, so uh, I actually had a background in uh, security and supply chain when I got into mining at, in 2011. I was actually on a little uh, holiday in Armenia, and one thing led to another, and I started working for Dundee Precious Metals at the Armenian gold mine for. Uh, three and a half, four years leading up their supply chain department. From there, I was uh, sent over to uh, Namibia uh, in Africa, and I led the supply chain team there for another two years or so. In late 2016, I moved back to Canada, at which time I was uh, I took over the digital innovation program, um, and I was running that as a manager for uh, about three years until I uh, met the folks from Exxon at PDAC. And uh, the rest is history. So I wanted me to just tell us a little bit about, obviously, uh, Exxon Technologies. As I mentioned, um, they're an automate, automotive aerial robotic system, um, obviously used in the mining industry. So, yeah, just wanted me to just tell us a little bit about, about the company. Yeah, 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 most most definitely. I've been, and it is a mouthful. Um, yeah. So, so, so Exxon is actually a spinoff from uh, University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and we're more of a software company um, in the sense that we are hardware agnostic. So our software is a fully autonomous stack, which can go on many different vehicles. So whether it be ground-based vehicles, aerial vehicles, and we operate in uh, government, we operate in uh, the mining industry, uh, oil and gas, warehousing, construction, um, we've sort of uh, uh, made our name in the mining industry as we were pioneers in that area. We were one of the first companies, if not the first, to fly fully autonomous missions underground in GPS-denied areas. Um, so our claim to fame is that we have AL4 autonomy, which means that we don't need any sort of previous infrastructure. We don't need any Wi-Fi. We don't need any connectivity you can drop us into any underground mine where there is no GPS, where and uh, somebody who does not need to know how to fly a drone, and we're able to operate in those areas. 
Um, and what we do is we collect and gather data in extremely hard to reach areas. So people where humans can't go and or shouldn't go is where we operate the best. So who, who actually operates it then? And is it from a like a central hub? Um, no, so at, at the, you you can operate it remotely, but at the moment, the way that it works is the surveyors are still the ones that are going underground. However, they're not actually flying the drones, so you don't need any sort of pilot certification or anything like that. So a tablet comes along with the drone, and in the tablet, again, it's like if you know how to swipe, you're able to fly this drone. You give it a mission, and you say, you know, go to this area and map it out. You press start. And you just sit back. I mean, we have plenty of videos underground where the surveyors are operating this from their pickup trucks. So they're literally sitting in the pickup, giving it its mission, pressing enter. And at that point, there's nothing you can do. Um, because what happens is as this thing takes off and it goes beyond visual line of sight, you lose connectivity. So you're not actually even in control of the drone. However, the smarts of the drone, the onboard computing system is such where it not only has collision avoidance, it has active lighting, and it's able to go and gather all the data it requires before it returns home. So you can give it an actual volume and say, go to this stoke or go to this area, go to this cavity, and don't come out until it's mapped. So this could take two minutes, four minutes, 12 minutes. And once it's ready, once it has all the data, it'll return home. And as it returns home, it'll dump the data back onto the tablet. But during the actual mission, there's nobody flying it. It is completely autonomous. And what sort of companies are, are using this at the moment? If you're obviously, if you're able to uh, give us that information or even the, the mine sites. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a laundry list, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. So our, uh, our, I mean, Dundee Precious Metals was obviously the first one because I was working there at the time. So it was a, uh, something that myself and my uh, boss and friend at the time, uh, Theo Yamiogo, who runs uh, Ernst & Young's mining and minerals uh, practice, we sort of adopted that, but uh, uh, the likes of uh, Valet, uh, the likes of uh, Agnico Eagle, Anglo Gold Ashante, Glencore, um, there's a laundry list. I mean, if you can think it, they use it. <laughs> and so what do you think, obviously, you, you brought this new technology into the mining industry. What does the, the future of mining look like in, in the age of, obviously, artificial intelligence? And, and I suppose the equipment that you use, what kind of other data can it can it give you that maybe previously you might not been able to uh, to get? Yeah, yeah, fantastic questions. And I mean, this is something that we talk about all the time. Uh, the future of mining obviously lies in AI um, and the autonomy that uh, we're able to bring. And of course, some other companies are able to bring as well. Um, Everybody is talking about the fully autonomous mind, which is going to be there someday, but nowhere in the near future. So I don't think in the next 10 years we're going to see a mine which is operating uh, you know, completely autonomously without any human intervention. We're still going to need our surveyors. We're still going to need our shift bosses. We're still going to need our drillers. We're just gonna, not going to need them as, in, in the underground as much. So they'll be retrained to do differently purposeful work. Um, however, the AI is going to be able to save companies lots of money. It's going to be able to do things much more efficiently. It's going to be able to do things, of course, much more safely. Um, so whether it's going through the robotic process automation, whether it's completely 
automating the process of underground mining, artificial intelligence is going to play a key role. Now, as far as information we can gather, um, whether it's gases underground, where at the moment, sure, you may have sensors, but still after ventilation, you have the next shift going in, the shift boss goes in, you know, checks it with the reader from his neck to make sure it's okay. Um, all that is going to be done away with. Right now, we're also already seeing drones like ourselves, which are going underground. Um, you're also seeing uh, autonomous tracked and four-legged vehicles, which are going underground and getting all this data from uh, seismic activity, um, uh, whether it's, again, gases. And what we're able to do now with this continuous tracking and mapping of the underground is really start working towards two things, which have been key words for as long as I've been in mining, but haven't really been there. Number one, short interval control. We've talked about this a lot, but short interval control is actually getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Where at a certain point, it's going to reach real time. And that's when we'll really get the real digital twin. And we've talked about digital twins, again, at least since 2007. However, we've never actually had a living, breathing digital twin of a mine. Because we haven't had sensors that are continuously monitoring, sending the data to the surface, creating a 3D environment, and feeding it with all the information we need, whether, again, it's the seismic activity, the gases, uh, rock falls, so on and so forth. Uh, but AI is going to allow us to do that sooner or later. And I suppose people that are listening to this, uh, this podcast or even watching it on the YouTube channel, um, they may be thinking that, your technology and maybe other technologies um that are probably AI related may take may obviously take jobs away from the industry. Could that be the case with your technology and as it develops or does people's job or do people need to retrain into different areas and learn different new skills um to obviously um, encompass the, this new AI? Uh, AI and, and obviously new technologies into the industry. Yeah, it's certainly the, the latter, Rob. And this is not a question that's been uh, uh, looked over. I mean, we've met with unions because we sell to some of the largest mining companies in the world. And you, you can imagine the unions are fairly strong in these companies. Um, our technology does not cost any jobs. What it actually does is save lives. So there are no surveyors who are losing jobs because of the technology that we've deployed. What we're doing is they are being retrained. And actually what we're seeing is we're seeing the next generation of younger individuals who are graduating uni wanting to get into mining all of a sudden. Whereas I know for a number of years, there's a lot of people not wanting to go into mining because of the dangers and the inherent risks and, you know, the thought that it's a dirty job. However, now that when you can go into the underground, fly these autonomous drones and work with leading edge technologies, uh, we're attracting a whole new level of workforce that's coming in that was no longer interested. Um, so yeah, as far as jobs are concerned, I mean, jobs are safe. So the surveyor is still the surveyor. We still need somebody to gather that data. We need somebody to look at that data and make decisions based on that data. What we're doing is we're just saying, you no longer need to be at the face for four hours doing this labor-intensive job, you can go underground and do this work in, you know, six to 12 minutes and spend the rest of your time actually analyzing the data and putting together a plan based on that data. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, um, new people coming into the industry because of, the, I suppose, the advances of, in, in technology. 
what kind of people is the industry that you're seeing is the industry attracting? So, I mean, uh, we're lucky in the sense that mining obviously encompasses a whole array of individuals. So whether you're in business, whether you're in engineering, whether uh, you, you've done your PhD, it doesn't matter what you've done, you could work in mining. What we're seeing is a lot of young engineers, not just mining engineers. So engineers who've uh, worked in hardware, software, mechatronics, what have you, really gravitating back towards companies who are working with mining. Um, I was just at CIM, uh, I guess, uh, two weeks ago in Montreal, and the amount of young individuals there who work in technology is phenomenal. Uh, later on this year, there's a commercial UAV event in September, which is all about drones. Now, a whole part of that will be about mining. So we're seeing the technology and the mining and the new um, wave of uh, young individuals that are coming in. And what's great to see about this is we're not just getting what we used to always get. We're getting a whole new generation of younger women who are also coming, women who've studied in STEM. Um, so whether they're scientists, whether they're, they've studied analytics, we're really seeing a whole plethora of people coming in. And it's very, very exciting, to be honest with you. And, and we like the fact that we're helping usher this new generation of people into mining, because I think we need this new thought process as to, you know, how we can mine better, safer, uh, more environmentally friendly. And um, we're, we're definitely having an effect on that. Where would you say that the next big bait breakthrough is going to sort of happen within the mining industry? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And what I'd say, it's probably going to be the marriage between the battery vehicles and uh, AI. Because right now, of course, there are autonomous fleets out there. There are battery fleets out there. There are no fleets that are completely battery powered and completely autonomous. They're coming. Uh, they're certainly coming. But I think the day is going to come where we will see complete fleets in the underground and, of course, the surface. Uh, but in the underground, obviously, the battery vehicles are just much more useful in the sense that uh, you don't have emissions. You don't have to worry about the diesel and all that type of stuff. Um, but I believe the day is going to come when we're going to get completely autonomous vehicles that are working in the underground and all run by AI. So it's not just basically giving it a tramming route and saying, you know, have the truck just go back and forth. But from a remotely operated center, um, having a complete fleet of vehicles operated by AI where the data is coming back to the surface and it's being analyzed by AI and then actually having mind plans being drawn up by artificial intelligence. You mentioned earlier about obviously AI and new technologies making mining safer. Um, I just wanted to go into a little bit more detail around that. Most certainly. This is actually near and dear to my heart. As I mentioned earlier, I've worked in mining for a number of years, and unfortunately, I've been on site where there have been a couple of fatalities. Um, and you've heard the old adage, you know, the most important thing that comes out of the mine at the end of the day is the miner. Um, and we, 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 we truly believe that. And when I joined Exxon Technologies, one of the biggest mandates was that we would help get miners home safely. So to give you a small example, <clears throat> whereas traditionally the old CMS methods, you would need a miner underground anywhere from two to four, potentially five hours 
to go and map a stope, whether it's topsail surveying or bottom sill surveying. And if you actually looked at the risk analysis of any of these mines, both of these types of surveying, whether again, top or bottom sill, at, from a risk assessment perspective, it was always near or at the top because you're working so close to the face. There's potential rock falls, there's fall of ground, there's uh, slides. And we had these surveyors working so closely to the, to the surface, to the face for a number of years. Enter our technology. You no longer have to be underground two, three, four, five hours. We can map an entire stope in minutes. And when I say minutes, two, three, four minutes, sometimes 10 if it's an enormously large stope. Furthermore, you no longer have to get close to the face. You can do this from 40, 50 meters away under fully supported ground. So you're not worried about rock falls. You're not worried about rock bursts. You're not wor worried about the dust that's coming out of the stope because you're a safe distance away. You're also not carrying heavy equipment. So the labor intensive aspect of being able to go right close to the face and lugging around these big telescopic poles, that's all gone away because you basically have a neat little drone in a neat little Pelican case. You open it, put it on the ground, give it its mission and off it goes. So that's number one. Number two is where we come in from a mine rescue perspective. So unfortunately, as we know, Incidents and accidents are part of underground mining. What we used to do back in the day is something happened and some mines still do it. You send in the mine rescue team to the exact same area where you just had an incident fairly blind. Well, that's sort of gone away. Uh, we've worked on mine rescue operations now internationally where an incident happens. They deploy our drone so the drone is able to go in not only map out a 3D image, but also get a 4K video of the affected area come back and before the mine rescuers go in, they know exactly what they're getting into and plan accordingly as opposed to just going in blind. Um, so I, I, as you can probably see, I speak very passionately about this. When we sell this product and we have mines internationally right now, starting from Alaska down to Australia, who have bought this product strictly on safety? Yes, we help in dilution. Yes, we help in efficiency. Yes, we help in accuracy. They said, all that is fantastic. But if we can take our miners out of harm's way, it's already worth the investment to us. And kudos to those miners, of course. Yeah, understand. Um, obviously, with many advances in technologies um, over the years, why is it important to sort of keep technology uh, advancing uh, within our industry? Yeah, another great question. And I've been asked this probably for as long as I've been speaking at mining events. Um, as we know, mining has been around forever, and I believe it's still going to be around forever. I mean, there's nothing that we touch, use, feel that doesn't use something that's come out of the ground for us. Um, if we don't advance mining at a certain point, it's just not, it's going to be too um, economically burdensome on companies. And then you're going to get a lot more mines closing, which is obviously going to affect uh, mineral prices, which is going to affect uh, jobs around the world. As we deplete the resources on the surface, mining is, of course, getting deeper and deeper. And the deeper it gets into the Earth's crust, the more expensive it gets. We have to consistently come up with new technologies to ensure we're not only doing this, of course, safer, but we're doing this in a place where it's economically feasible for companies to operate 
and get the metals to the surface at a price where it makes sense for commerce to still occur. Um, so I think we need to keep our foot on the pedal now. For a number of years, technology slowed down in mining. The last 20 years has been great. But for an X number of years before that, we were just going ahead with the status quo. And there wasn't this huge advance that we'd seen in other industries. That's changing quickly. As we get younger CEOs, CTOs, and people coming into the industry and CEOs were saying, well, I've seen ways we can do this better. We know that there's technology that could help in this location. Um, and, you know, some of the larger companies uh, like the Trimbles and the Sandwiches of the world are doing huge work in this. And some of the smaller companies like Rockburst Technologies out of Vancouver, um, New Tracks out of Montreal, who Sandvik had actually bought out. They're making huge, huge steps in technology and mining, which is not only making it safer, but more economical for these companies to be able to operate. And so lastly, and concluding, um, what's the outlook for the company for the remainder of the year? Um, and also just wonder if there was anything else that you would like to uh, um, tell our audience. Um, our audience are generally, I suppose most of our audience are people within the mining industry, um, as well as the, obviously investors and service providers. Um, so yeah, just wonder if you had any uh, final thoughts as well. Sure, sure. So um, as many people have probably seen, we just closed our Series B a couple of months ago. So we're in huge growth stage right now. We have just opened our offices in Chile over the last 10 days. Um, we will be opening an office in Europe here in the next three months. Um, and we are, we're going to continue to expand. Our thought process is to keep growing the brand, keep growing the company. Um, we have new technologies that are set to arrive here in the next three months and again in six months. So two completely new things that we're going to be putting on the market. So please look out for that. Um, and of course, if anybody ever has any further questions or they want to reach out to me, I'm fairly easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, I generally am at every mining event. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely look out for what uh, Exxon is doing because there are some really, really exciting things coming up in collaboration with some large companies out there. Yeah, great. Thank you, uh, Rafi, for telling us all about Exxon and and obviously what you're what you're looking to achieve and and obviously those that are listening, if you're involved in underground mining or even going into underground mining, um, maybe it's an episode that you uh, need to listen to and also share with others in the industry. Um, and obviously, feel free to uh, share this episode all around the all around the world. Uh, amongst friends, family, and um, other mining professionals, no matter what country you're in. Um, as Rafi mentioned, we include um, in the show notes some of the social media uh, details, so you can reach out to Rafi if you've got any questions or or any queries, um, and obviously follow their journey, especially with the new new technologies that they may may be getting involved with. So, um, really appreciate your time, Rafi. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you. No worries. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.